1: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for Blue Wire. And joining me tonight is my slightly, slightly, slightly less special guest, because this is the third time he's been on the show. And hint, hint, might become a little bit more permanent. Uh, the, the man in charge over at Niners Nation, KP Kyle Posey. What's up, bro? Rob, what up, man? How are you? How was your weekend, dude? I'm I'm good, man. You know what? I just started today. I feel like this is necessary to explain this because it's the the coolest gig I have as a teacher. Today I started independent study art summer school, and I got like it's it's as cool as it sounds. So what I do is on Tuesdays and Wednesdays I go into a school. Um, I sit there from eight to five with a PE teacher at the school that I teach at um and we we teach middle school but the the summer school is for high school so we see different kids and all we do is sit there from eight to five and try and figure out which movies we're gonna watch and <laughs> kids will come in they'll turn in their artwork and then they'll walk they'll sign in and then they'll walk back out the door to go work on more artwork and that i am getting paid to do this what in life i know man it's, it's freaking difficult man it's really hard so I mean, it's just the sweetest gig, dude. Me and the guy I do it with, we get along. Um, he's the baseball coach. I also I also coach baseball, so we just do. We watch sports. Like today, we watched Moneyball, and we watched um, what was the second one we watched? Oh, we watched uh, the Patriot with Mel Gibson. So, nice, man, well, we just we do our things. So that's that's my new development. I started summer school. I'll do that for Tuesdays and Wednesdays for the next six weeks. So it's a sweet gig, man. I enjoy it. I enjoy it. I feel lucky to. Uh, to have it. But what about you, man? What's what's new in, in KP's life? Uh, we won a passing league champ.
2: We are passing league champions. Um, no shit. My high school. <laughs> yeah, we uh, out of sixteen teams, we were like, uh, like an eight or nine seed, and we won it all. It was pretty cool this weekend. Uh, even though I had to had to bake in the sun for seven hours in the hundred and three degree weather, but no, it was fun, man. It's cool to uh, actually get out there and do some things. Uh, today, hey, I watched. We- uh, Today I watched the Broncos and Cowboys from 2013, Week 5. I don't remember that game. Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning versus Romo. No reason. Uh, I, no, I think I saw somebody just talk about it. I was like, oh, it uh, was a good game. And I just wanted to see what the offenses were like. So, that's all.
1: I mean, that's cool. I, I went back and not too long ago, maybe a week ago, I watched Colin Kaepernick's first playoff game against the Packers at Candlestick. His, uh, where he threw for like 180 yards and ran for like 180 yards. Yeah. It was, awesome. it was uh, I remember when ESPN posted the stat line, and I took a picture of the TV and I just posted it on Facebook, kind of dating myself a little bit. But I guess everybody knows when that game was. But and all I wrote was football porn, <laughs> it <laughs> really it was. was. Just, it was just such a cool game to watch, man. Like the, uh,
2: the next gen stats for some of Caps' runs would have been great to see just because his acceleration was unreal. I know he ran a four or five, but there's no way he played at a four or five.
1: Well, I and mean, it's not even that. Like, like I think that there'd probably be quite a few players in the league at skill positions that would beat Kaepernick in maybe like like forty to seventy-five yards, forty to sixty yards. But then Kaepernick would probably beat them if you went anything like closer to hundred. You know, because yeah. the once that dude picks up speed, he had such long strides, which worked to his advantage. Because, and it's the same thing with Raheem. Uh, when you're you know when you're trying to pursue somebody like that, like it has so much to do with eyesight and quickly gauging how fast that person's moving. And when they have long strides, they look like they're moving slow. So that's how you get all these bad angles, and man, yeah, Kaepernick just destroyed them, dude. It was so cool to watch. Is Raheem the fastest player in the NFL?
2: I oh, think man. he I is. Think, I but think so. I
1: want to know what you say. I think so. I think that... If he, you know, if it were like a flash thing, like maybe he just, you know, dug that clean in perfectly and, and and just happened to skate right by somebody for the fastest speed. But he's been the fastest player with the ball the last two years. Yeah. And it wasn't close. You know, like I think there was mile, that. By a
2: mile, by like right. one mile per hour, which is nuts. It doesn't seem like a lot, but that is crazy. That's pretty much two steps faster when the ball is in his hands.
1: Right he's pushing the speed limit in his school zone <laughs> seriously on foot. <laughs> like, so yeah, I think I think Raheem is is he's either the fastest player in the NFL or probably top three. and obviously there's so much that goes into that when you think about it just a straight up sprint, but um, it, it, I mean that's it's not just like numbers like GPS numbers are like what the NFL is slowly turning to. I guarantee you half the teams in the NFL already don't give a shit about 40 times. And they just want the GPS data from the players last season in college.
2: Which is what the forty ers did with Ayuk. And that's why when people say, Oh, he ran a four or five, well, no. Uh, Herm Edwards said he had like twenty two miles an hour on the GPS. So that's pretty much like a four or three.
1: Right. And and it's, it it matters so much more because you're getting that GPS data of them in pads. Um you know, on the field against competition. What a lot of people I don't think realizes, and I used to play receiver and I used to notice this and I couldn't understand it. Like my, and I was not fast by any means. Very, very, very mediocre when it came to speed, obviously. Tell us that 40 time, Rob. But, oh, I never ran one, but I'm assuming it was probably like high fours. But the last time I was trying to sprint was in high school, you know, so like I didn't play college ball. So, um, but I used to always feel like once I saw the ball in the air, I could run faster. Oh, yeah. Like, it was, like, legit. Like, I now had something tangible in the air that I had to get to. Like, period. That was it. And, and even my little brother, when we used to go run routes, me and my brother had an apartment together. Um, and we lived on an abandoned golf course. But they still mowed the lawn, obviously, because it was, like, a fire hazard. So, we would go out onto the fairways and, and run routes. And he used to always say, he's like, dude, when I throw the ball and it's in the air, you could noticeably see that you're running faster. And I'm like, I was already trying to run as fast as I could. Why would I run any faster? And um, so it's it's stuff like that. The teams are like, you know, like 40 times are great. They give you a little snapshot of how athletic and, and quick somebody is. But it only matters with the, how it translates on the field. But, yeah, like, you know,
2: Devin Hester is a good example. I know he ran fast, but he had that what I call next man speed where he's just going to run as fast as the next person or the person next to him, and you're not going to catch him, and he's always going to beat you by, you know, a couple steps or one or two steps. So, yeah, I know exactly what you mean.
1: Yeah, you just – you see it in front of you, it, you know, and you know how fast you have to move to accomplish what you're doing. And it's just weird how it works. Like, you, your body has a way – and I guess it kind of plays into if you want to get really philosophical about it, how you always hear those stories about humans are able to accomplish, like, really crazy things when like their life's on the line or their life of somebody else is on the line. So it's kind of like that. Like you have that gear in your body that's able, that's capable of like giving you a little bit more like, okay, here's a little bit more adrenaline, go a little faster. And uh, it's just crazy when you think about it like that, but I'm, I'm going way too off off <laughs> tangent here. But so uh, to, to completely switch gears to something that's far less entertaining and uplifting to talk about rather than Raheem running fast. Uh, the 49ers have officially returned to whatever you want to call it man injuryville injury hell injury purgatory I'm not saying that it's going to end up being a 2020 but at this pace they're <laughs> they're headed there uh i mean the 49ers are still in Otas they haven't even started uh you know any they haven't even started training camp yet what's and there's something isn't there something mini camp you know in between otas and training camp
2: yeah, I've got a mandatory minicamp starts next right. Tuesday. I think it's 15, 16, and 17.
1: So they haven't even gotten to that yet, and they've already had two season-ending injuries. I'm sure most of you guys listening have already heard this. Um, safety, Tarverius Moore tore his Achilles, and, I mean, that's like a, a nine-month injury easily. It's actually gotten to a point where an Achilles is – you know, ACLs are what used to be considered big, so did Achilles, um, season enders. But, like, now it seems like players can recover from an ACL faster than they can in Achilles. So, I'm assuming that's the end of his season. And then you have backup swing tackle, Justin School, um, tore his ACL. Both of them happened on Monday. Um, we are recording this on Tuesday. So, or so it was yesterday. Um, yeah, I mean, what are your thoughts, man? Brutal.
2: Brutal is the only word that describes, like, think about it. So we were just talking about Jeff Wilson, and they're freaking leading rusher. He's going to miss the first two months of the season, probably, at least six weeks. At least. Yeah, yeah. at least. Um, and then, so, they, but they drafted two running backs, so people are like, oh, that's fine. Justin School, <laughs> swing tackle. Uh, they drafted two linemen. Oh, that's fine. And Tarveris Moore, since they drafted a uh, DB. Oh, that's fine. Like the depth just keeps getting hammered at, and it's not okay. It's not. A, it's not okay to just brush aside. It sucks for Moore because I was really looking forward to him playing. I was really looking forward to him just developing into a quality depth type of safety that I imagined. D'Amico Ryans was going to use a lot more, just as far as you know their sub packages, and he's he's so fast. When we, when we talk about we're talking about speed. He ran a 4-3-3. I don't people understand, think people understand how fast that is. And he actually is one of the few players who plays that fast. And sure he has, you know, a few plays here and there where he'll miss a tackle. But I think the defense was at their best when they had the three safeties on the field and more was one. So that well, sucks that he got robbed of a, a development a developmental year, especially in a contract year. That's the big the big blow. He just hope just hopefully he's able to bounce back. And um as far as school goes, I didn't think he would make the roster, but I also think that, you know, with the the other guys on the roster, just competition matters. So there's just one less guy to compete against to, to bring somebody or to, for somebody to, quote unquote, rise to the occasion. So, yeah, um, I'm sure they'll be fine without those two, but to undermine these injuries, it's when, when will it end is the real question.
1: Yeah, that's the good question. I mean, if you go back and look at, you know, the 49ers injuries in 2020, one of the worst injury seasons the NFL has ever seen. One of, I think it was the worst, and I think you wrote about this. Uh, like, what It was like the worst injury season in like 20 years. Absolute worst. The 49ers had like over $80 million of their $180 million in salary cap on injured reserve, you had Jimmy Garoppolo, Richard Sherman, Solomon Thomas, Nick Bosa, D. Ford, George Kittle, Raheem Mostert, Ben Garland, Martin Zacha, Ezekiel Ansa, Jordan Reed, Jalen Hurd, Jeff Wilson. <laughs> like it, it was, it was just this unbelievable injury, l- rash of injuries. And and it, it literally is, I'm not saying that that's what this season's going to become. But it's like right on that pace. You lost You lost Jeff Wilson Jr., somebody who really seemed like he was in line to almost split touches with Raheem, and then we'll see what whose job Trey Sermon was able to take. And now that guy's been completely wiped out for, depending on how things go, what could be the entire season if they just don't feel like they need to bring him back. You know, like if, if Trey Sermon and Raheem Mostert are just eating, then they're not going to feel like they need to bring Jeff Wilson back. So he tore his meniscus. We'll see. Could be a couple months. Could be, you know, late November, December, or could be not this season. And now they've lost, you know, Tarvarius Moore and Justin School. So it's it's like to, as far as like if you were to, you know, you how they do everybody always does those goofy and I do them too. The goofy like on pace for tweets.
2: Right.
1: You know, like if you made one for the 49ers right now, it would probably be they would they would be on track to not have anybody in the roster by November. So, um, it's just brutal, man. And and it's, it's to a point where, and and one of the first things you always see on social media is like, oh man, fire the trainers. Like the trainers can't control that. Like they can't, these are non-contact injuries, right? They they can't keep that, that stuff. There's nothing you can do. It's the same thing. It's like, it's not the way the drills are being ran. The players aren't doing anything that they haven't done for years and years and years on this field. And this is just their time, you know, like that's what I don't, what I do think a lot of people don't realize is you got to understand what hap- what happens to your body. Even when you just work out, when you lift weights, you know, like when you lift weights, the idea is to very minor, you know, tear your muscles continually very in very minor ways so that your muscle rebuilds itself st- in a stronger way this time. And that's how you get stronger. That, that is literally, you know, you're literally damaging your muscles so that it will repair itself to be able to handle what damaged it last time. And so these players' bodies are just constantly to the, to the limit. Like they're constantly in a state of repair and they're constantly pushing themselves to the absolute max that their body can handle it. And so to me, it's never really that surprising when something just goes pop. like Like Jeff Wilson Jr., he just stood up on a chair and his meniscus was like, I'm out. You know, it's it's like their bodies are just constantly in a state of shock, repair, and, you know, being pushed to its absolute limits. So, you know, nobody's doing anything wrong. Right. It, it's just it is what it is.
2: So, it, yeah, back to the football outsiders saying They had the second most injury since 20, 2001. Um, they finished bottom eight in adjusted games lost for eight straight seasons. And I'm pretty sure they've been bottom three or bottom five every year under Kyle Shanahan. It is just tough to, to tough to do that. It, it would I don't know if you could write this story. Just think about it. So Jeff Wilson got hurt standing up. We don't know about the injuries today, but we've just heard so many stories where Jalen Hurd was just working out by himself and he gets hurt. So these seem to happen time and time again. I, I know Debo Samuel had one. Um, last off season where he was working out in Tennessee. So not even at the facility. So you can't blame the training staff uh, for somebody who gets hurt away from the the team facilities. Yeah, it's nuts. And I I don't know, man. I don't know what is next. I don't know what they can do. I don't know what would be a change, but you can't pin it on the training staff because they are not the ones (laughs) who are lifting the weights and doing these (laughs) things. Sure, they're helping them rehab, but you mentioned uh, just what working out and, what we're now does to your body i don't think people understand these guys aren't working out they're not going to the gym like we're going to the gym (laughs) they're not doing these 45 hour and a half workouts and just going back to their couch they work out multiple times a day because this is their job this is their what they do for a living and that has to take a toll on your body
1: right yeah it's just it's brutal it's so, I mean, I feel for him. Uh, like you said, Tarvarius Moore, I was – and it would not have surprised me one bit if the 49ers had a pretty significant role for him playing this year. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if, if more dime looks, and I think you mentioned this, it just Tarvarius Moore is such a – you just want to get your athletes on the field. Yes. Like, let them get on the field and make plays, twist your defense – you know, do what you got to do to get your best athletes on the field, and they're going to make plays for you, and they're going to do what they got to do. And Tarvarius Moore is one of the best athletes on the team. So, and and you know, they had already had already talked about him bulking up because he was kind of preparing to to one, you know, he wanted obviously wanted to be able to carry his speed and still play deep, but obviously the team had plans for him to to play more, possibly more near the line of scrimmage, and it just seemed like the team had a, had a little vision for him on what they might do with him. And that, to me, is why they immediately signed uh, Tony Jefferson, formerly of the Baltimore Ravens and the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, and he is kind of a safety whose game kind of mimics what I assumed the 49ers were going to try and do with Tarbarius Moore this year. Um, just a guy who can, who can really go anywhere. If you're going to tell him to drop into, into coverage, you're not going to feel like he's out of place. And if you're going to tell him to play near the line of scrimmage, you feel like he's going to be able to handle himself, and, it, and not a liability either way. And so it just it just sucks that that Tavarius Moore didn't get to realize that. You know, he made it, he made a play in the biggest game of the of his career in the Super Bowl uh, in the right place at the right right time. A deflected pass went right into his arms. So you know he's just he was going to be a part of what they were going to do this year. I, I don't think that he was just going to be relegated to to backing up either Jimmy Ward or. Uh, Jaquiski Tartt all year. I think they were going to try and get him in there. And obviously, we won't get to see that because a torn Achilles is going to take him all the way through this season. So, I mean, it it sucks. It sucks for sure. But in comes Tony Jefferson. And I don't know, KP, do you know more about Tony Jefferson than I do? What do you expect him? Do you expect him to play?
2: So, he was really good when he played for the Ravens. And he was really good when he played with the Cardinals, too. I'm I'm pretty sure he made the Pro Bowl. Um, But before he was hurt... In those five games, he was targeted seven times. He broke up four passes. He is a very good player underneath. And I imagine they would let just Tart play deep and use Ward and Jefferson. And obviously, they'd spin deep every now and then. But use Ward in the slot and Jefferson around the line of scrimmage and just let those guys just do work underneath because both those guys are more of the tougher. And I'm not saying that's not Tart, but um, those guys can rush the passer, get after it, and tackle and not miss tackles with which I think is a big deal as well so he's not anywhere near the athlete that um Tarveris Moore is and he hasn't played since 2019 so who knows what he has left but Jefferson is 29 years old he's a veteran he knows what he's doing smart um heady football player that always just finds the ball finds ways to make play so I imagine the 49ers will have a great role for him and yeah as you mentioned I can see their roles being similar as well so Um, It'll be a different dime look, so maybe not as speedy as it would have looked under Moore. But Jefferson is just a really good football player. And when the 49ers were at their best in 2019, they had 11 good football players on defense. I don't think people understand how good they were. So Jefferson just is getting back to that.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do with him. He's a veteran, and he did did tear his ACL in 2019, and then he uh, wasn't retained by the Ravens. And so basically he took all of 2020 off and then, which is probably the, the best thing he could have done at that point. Right. Cause now he's getting a, another chance with obviously a, a good 49ers team that, that is going to be able to use him. And, you know, as sad as it is to say, knock on wood, um, there's a good chance that Tony Jefferson plays more than we think he will. Uh, just given how this, team, how the <laughs> last couple of years has gone for this team, you know, I, I'm not even going to say it, but You know, maybe Tony Jefferson ends up playing more than we think he will just based on, uh, you know, football and things happen. So, based on the history of the 49ers under Kyle Shanahan. (laughs) Right. I'm not even going to say it. I just don't want to add any more uh, Matt Juju to this team. I just feel horrible for them. And it's just, it's brutal, man. Like, you just think like the 49ers were able to have, like, arguably, you know, not arguably, like statistically pretty close to like a top five defense last year missing huge pieces and it it just sucks i feel bad for the entire team i feel bad for kyle shanahan because the guy's just everybody knows he's the shit but he's just been dealt one of the most difficult hands uh in ways that he can't control you know there's he's made his own mistakes and, and made some questionable decisions in hindsight we can go into that whenever um but it's just he's just been dealt such a shitty hand and you're just hoping and we saw it the moment things even remotely went the 49ers way. It's like, oh, we're in the Super Bowl. Like, all we needed was just a little bit of luck. And, right. and, and it went wasn't in. Even... they had a bunch of injuries still. So, right. And it wasn't even close. They, got, they made getting to the Super Bowl look easy. They had some games during the season that were close. But the moment they got into the race, like they just fucked everybody up. And then they're in the Super Bowl. You know, and and they were even obviously the game got away from them, but they were even playing around with the Chiefs for a little while. So it was you could you could see that this team is capable of so much more than they've gotten to show. And you're just hoping that this year they get a little bit of luck. But so far, looks like it might it might suck. We'll see. Hopefully it goes away.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
2: Like how frustrating is it if you're Kyle Shanahan knowing the talent on the roster, but that this is just ongoing, it feels like. This is never ending. So they went 6-10 last year because everybody was hurt. And the same thing happened in 2018. Right, I'm not sure I'm not sure that they would have been as good in 2018 because the roster did get a, a bit better and just more athletic. And from 18 to 19, but the building blocks. And you know, Jimmy would have had another year under his belt. And obviously, when they did, when he did stay healthy in 2019, they just beat up everybody, and especially in the playoffs. And you mentioned the Chiefs; like they were up 20 to 10. Like they had a good amount of control over that game, despite uh, him. You know, throwing an interception in the first quarter when on second down when they were potentially driving. So it's not as if they've had chances. It's just, oh man, I, I wonder what somebody has a doll somewhere and they're just poking <laughs> it. <laughs> just hate Kyle Shannon. Kyle Shannon did something terrible along the way because nobody deserves this, man. This is wild.
1: Yeah, it was. Uh, have you seen the Conjuring movies?
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Did you see the new one that just came out?
2: I have, and I want to watch it though okay. on HBO. Right?
1: Yeah, I watched it and you know one to ten how would you rate it um maybe you know i actually really enjoyed it i'd probably give it a solid like seven or an eight
2: nice i'll watch it tonight
1: it it was definitely i'm a huge scary movie guy anybody who listens to striking gold knows that because i have that whole michael myers mask thing going on but um in that movie it kind of switched you know the first two conjurings if you haven't seen them just had to do with with people getting possessed by a demon or haunted by a demon whereas this one it was um it had a little bit more to do with still kind of the demon stuff but um uh, some people somebody was being cursed it's not like a spoiler it's kind of like establishes it relatively early on in the movie and it's like it's like a demon being forced on somebody like like it's being and I feel like that's the 49ers like you got to they need to get into Levi's stadium they need to get into their their practice facility and they need to start turning that place upside down because somewhere in there there's some type of voodoo doll curse little relic thing chilling in there, just bringing that whole place to the ground and they just have to find it and destroy it. So I'm just saying the movie taught me that I now know that that could really be the reality for the 49ers and um, they need to find that because it's brutal. And it's, it's honestly to a point where you're like, yeah, that has to be the solution. That has to be the reason because this is not normal. (laughs) Like it's just not. But one thing I was going to say before we move on, um, do you think, uh, how am I saying this? Do you think that that these injuries and the amount of injuries they've had, it has like crept into the players' heads at all, or has the ability to? Like, do you think that some of those players are stepping out onto the practice field, playing football and practicing a little differently because they just have been, they've just watched everybody fall apart the last year and a half?
2: I think yes, but maybe not in the way that you mean. So. Once you put the helmet on, you strap up. I think just everything goes out of your mind. You're just, I'm going to hit the person in front of me or I'm going to do my job that I, whatever I'm asked to do. So in that sense, not so much. But if you look around and, hey, where's 33? Hey, where's 67? Like, where are these guys at that I'm used to playing next to? I think that will and does take a toll. So in that sense, yes, but not so much as, well, I get hurt if I'm out here because I, th- I just think that all goes away once you hit somebody in the head time and time again.
1: Right. And we know we both know that males especially are perfectly willing to do things they enjoy at great risk of being injured. Like that's the reason that males just generally live live shorter lives because on average, because they're just, hey, man, sounds fun. You could get hurt and yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like like it's just a a guy thing to do. So it, 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 there's that too, but it's just man like it it seems like it would be hard especially after last season just to see guys continue to drop like that. And it's not like they're spraining their ankle or spraining their wrist or just tweaking a muscle or you know, it's like these are season ending injuries and potentially career altering. So it it's got you know, you got to think it's at least in the back of their mind, but I do agree with you in the fact that you know, Raheem Mostert, he puts on his helmet and once it's his play and the ball's handed to him, he's not thinking about. Don't cut he, on this right, don't do right. cut like <laughs> this because, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it, but I was just wondering like, man, if, I wonder how much at any point, because a lot of these guys, they have families, they think, you know, an injury impairs their ability to take care of their family too. So it's like. Oh, yeah. If you're, if you're, I don't if know. you're a
2: coach, how do you, how do you address the team? Hey, guys. Yep, happened again. I know you all saw it. Like, do you just keep saying, hey,
1: we're going to be all right? We're going to get through this? And maybe
2: that's maybe more interesting to see what Shanahan, what the Ryans, what McDaniel are telling the players.
1: I know, man. Because you don't want them doing anything unnatural. Right. Anything that feels weird. Because then they're going to get hurt, period. Like, it'll be a certainty if you start doing things that your body's not used to. But I guess one of the first things you can do, leading us into our next little topic, is uh, cancel (laughs) OTA for the day and whole team building activities. I don't know what that is right in the middle of, uh, right now I'm going to YouTube, go on YouTube and I'm just going to search team building. There it is. First search. It's already predicting what I'm trying to type activities, team building activities for meetings. (laughs) I'm, I know I'm sure everybody listening or most people have listening, have done their share of corny team building activities where like I don't know. Everybody has to lean forward on each other. And if one person doesn't do it right, everybody falls over, you know, stuff like that. But yeah, the 49ers after losing two players to season ending injuries, they just straight up canceled OTAs. And, uh, and we're like, we're going to do team building stuff. I have no idea what that means.
2: Maybe they brought was. a slushy truck out there and everybody just had to just drink, just ate ice cream and slushies and had a good time and just to lighten the mood. What could they have done? Because these are, professional athletes 20s to 30s and yeah I don't know these these are grown men and you you do team building activities I don't think that they you know went and watched a Giants game or went and bowled together just to hey good job like what could they have done I would maybe that's what we should ask or people should ask Shanahan during his media availability on Wednesday hey what are these team building activities you did
1: right right it's uh it's it, it, like we said, it's it's just a it's just a situation where you ha- can't help but just feel incredibly helpless, like you're doing something wrong. But he's not, you know. Like I don't know, I don't know how you adjust. I don't know what you do. I'm assuming his answer would be, we just keep doing our things like we we know and we're used to, and we just hope it gets better. Because like we said, you can't like just not, you can't just not play football. You you have yeah. to you have to do it. It's, I don't know what you do. I it's really don't. A
2: dangerous sport, and people are going to get hurt. And every team suffers from injuries, but obviously not to this severity. But they did cancel practice, and luckily, Mike McDaniel didn't have to have his first media availability where he's just bombarded <laughs> with questions. Because welcome uh, to the NFL <laughs> for, Mike, right. for you. So yeah, Kyle's going to speak on Wednesday, and I I wonder how how much of a fault he'll take like how obviously he's going to feel awful about it but how much will the media push back on him and say hey you need to change it up because while we talk about hey just fire the training staff well they did that and that hasn't worked so and again as you as you mentioned too you have to practice you have to play football there's going to be contact no matter even in a walkthrough there's contact and i just there's no one singular right answer for this which makes this topic just impossible to solve.
1: It is. It's just. It's just like it really just comes down to shit happens. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like that's all it is. Like it's like you can try and bend your way around it, but with the amount of sports science that goes into the game nowadays, like I could promise you that a team that puts this much money, I could promise you, just based off me being at training camp and seeing the food that they eat, like they put a lot of money into these players yeah, like in keeping good. them healthy. And obviously it doesn't show up on the salary cap. You don't see it. It's it's a team expense, but they put a lot of money into these players. And I, I mentioned the, the cafeteria because we, you know, the media gets to go in there and eat after training camp 100%. and the food is phenomenal. I love it. Like it's phenomenal. It's so good from start to finish. And this huge ass buffet of nothing, but like, like we're talking about a buffet like that you would pay, 50 to 60 bucks just to be a part of like, it's, it's really good. And, you know, you can just see from, you know, from that just kind of all the investments that go into the players to making sure they have what they need to stay healthy. And at some point there's just nothing you can do because you're playing an incredibly physical game. And I used to always think about that. Like just think about the concept of like running a route, like your body's not designed to sprint full speed forward and then cut to the right and and like an without it, like, slowing down
2: by the way right right at full speed yeah
1: don't slow down just plant your foot as hard as you can and then run that way like your body's not designed a definitely to do made that. for that right Ugh. that's not part of the deal but um so yeah there's there's just nothing that can be that could be done but all right let's move on real um, quick uh, before we do move on yeah well, what do you um, got at
2: the at these training camps where the you know the buffets are huge it so good. boggles my mind to see because I think I eat a lot to see these guys eat because there are plates and plates and food is <laughs> all over. I saw D Ford seriously like three giant plates and I couldn't fa- I couldn't process what was going on. So uh, I just want to throw that out there that uh, because, you know, we always talk. We just mentioned how, you know, our workouts aren't the same. Uh, they eat a ton. Everything is different from our lives to them. And obviously financially as well, but uh,
1: I just put it in there. Yeah, it's, they literally – I mean, you, we remember hearing about how much, like, Michael Phelps eats in a day. I remember that was a big thing for a yeah. while. And it's the same thing. Like, they're, these bo- their bodies are literally running at such a high pace constantly in a constant state of rebuild and adjustment and stuff. They literally almost cannot eat enough. Seriously? Like, they, they can't eat enough. Like, they have to eat – most professional athletes – eat like three or eat like four or five times a day and we're and we're talking like full meals. so uh, it's just a different different ball game man it's just a different thing that's why when you like you watch like formula one races and their cars will just like blow up and you're like man these guys have hundreds of millions of dollars going into these cars how do they have these problems it's because everything is just pushed to the absolute limit Period. Driving
2: driving 200 miles an hour.
1: (laughs) Right. And it's like, of course, you're going to have an engine blow up from time to time. You're pushing it to the absolute limit. And that's what these guys are doing with their body. So hopefully, you know, it it should you should have a respect for it. Like obviously sucks to hear a player get injured, but at least you could kind of know and put some context behind it on why it happens. It's not always because of negligence. It's just unavoidable. It, it, It just sucks. That's about it. But. Since we were last on here, moving on I suppose. Since we were last on here, um, the Julio Jones trade finally happened. So R.I.P. to to the Atlanta Falcons Julio Jones that we've come to know and love over the years. Obviously, he's going to do the same damn thing in Tennessee. But uh, you know, when you think of Julio Jones, you just always think of you know Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and the Falcons, and you know their fan base is probably hurting a little bit because. Just one of the, like a Hall of Fame receiver, man. Like one of the best to, to ever do it. And he got traded to the, not 49ers, to the no. Tennessee Titans for kind of what a lot of people expected, you know, like as far as compensation goes, the the Tennessee Titans gave up a second round pick in the next draft and then a fourth round draft pick in the following draft. I think that's 2023. And uh, got a sixth rounder in return. So right around what I figured it would go for. Uh, obviously Julio Jones is going from a good from a decent place to a good place. As far as offenses go, the Falcons obviously didn't typically have too many problems there. Um, what do you think, man? What are your thoughts in relation to the 49ers? And did they miss out? Does it kind of just it is what it is? What do you think? I mean, they have a lot of investments at just
2: their pass catcher positions since I'll count Kittle. Um, I understand why they didn't, and money matters, so you know they, they would have to they would have had to gotten a bit creative and it wouldn't have taken for them to you know restructure a ton of people, but they would have had to move some money around. And it just comes back to they, they just need Ayuk and Debo to stay healthy and be on the field and that's what they're counting on, I imagine. But my takeaway is really just how dumb does the national media think we are because this happens all the time. And they were talking about Julio is going to go for a first and he gets a second from the Titans who are probably going to make the playoffs or be picking in, you know, the late the last half of uh, the latter half of the first round. And it's so it's going to be a late second round pick. But we do this with all these players. Carson Wentz was supposed to go for multiple first round picks, went for a second rounder time and time again. And then and then the media will be like, well, I talk to the teams. I do this. I do that. Uh no, but it, my other take from this is: Did you see that he's switching his number? He's rocking
1: number two now, dude. I I don't know why, and I'm usually not a huge number guy. I like I respect it. I like you know I understand it, but like so for some reason when he announced that he was gonna be number two and I saw the jersey, I was like, that just like fits. Like yeah. it looked good. It's and the you know the Titans have that kind of cool number font. It doesn't look bad. Uh, it just looked good, and I was like, damn, that that's people, like people- 1,200 yards confirmed at least.
2: <laughs> just count all pro automatic um so yeah he that two doesn't really look like a two and i am in the camp that two is one of the most dangerous numbers so as soon as jason retz switched to number two instantly all pro there's no doubt about it <laughs> and uh, as you said with julio jones but uh it looks a little different it looks a little weird they're gonna be tough man the 49ers have to play them at the end of the year um and that is going to come on a short day's Four days, I believe, so Thursday night. and that Yeah, it's, will, their,
1: it's their Thursday night football game, right, against the Titans? Yeah,
2: that will yeah. not be fun for the defense to go against Julio, A.J. Brown, and Derrick Henry, like the three most physically imposing people probably at their position. Um, man, I I think it's better for the 49ers, just in the sense that they didn't have to worry about facing him twice a year. Now they face him once every four years or if they meet in the Super Bowl. So, yeah, Julio – um, Great player. We were just talking about receivers cutting at full speed. He's like one of the few that probably you can count on one hand that can run full speed and cut off one leg. Like He's a unicorn, man. So I, I think he's easily one of the three best receivers. That's why –
1: that's why I don't call, you know, like the blaze out, you know, the post out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't call like, – that's why I call it the Julio. Yeah, it is. Because it nobody – I, I I don't call it a blaze out. I don't call it a, you know, a post out, whatever you want to call it. I just call it the Julio. You could ask my, my receivers that are now in high school that I coached to 7th and 8th graders. Like they would be like, hey, what's that one route called where you run a post and then cut – To the outside they'd be like the julio (laughs) that's what i called it man like it was nobody ran that route better than him and that's the route that they that should have won them the super bowl you know Mm -hmm. when, when julio made that catch right along the sidelines to kind of what seemed like put the game away and it kind of fell apart on him um but everybody knows that but um special player right dude just an amazing player doesn't even matter. Like one of those players, doesn't matter. Or uh, doesn't matter if he wins the Super Bowl. The dude's like just one of the best to ever do it. I don't think I have any any problem getting in the Hall of Fame. He's just he's just that damn good. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what he does with AJ Brown. You know, obviously you have to uh, respect the run game in Tennessee. You know, he's Julio Jones is going to face a lot of one on one coverages. Uh, AJ Brown God, is. Down. AJ Brown is, you know, in, in his state of his career, could probably be be by some defenses be considered just as much of a threat as Julio. You know, at, at their different at their states of of age and stuff like that. So I, I could see defenses favoring coverage toward AJ Brown just as much as they do Julio. Yeah, like what do you do? No,
2: so they rely on uh, play action, and all they do. Essentially, they were, it, it seems like Tennessee runs five plays, but they're all successful. So who cares? And A.J. Brown is going to be 24 at the end of this month. Uh, he just came off. He's re- been in the NFL for two seasons, and he's had over 1,000 yards in each season. Now he has Julio on the other side. Uh, that offense is going to be dangerous. Luckily, uh, those three – Brown, Julio, and Henry do not play defense. So Tennessee is going to struggle on that side of the ball, but their offense is going to be fun to watch. I I don't know. I I don't know what Tannehill is going to look like, but I know that there's no excuses just because he has like the best players in the NFL on his team.
1: Right. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be fun to watch, man. Imagine if they still had like Johnny Smith, like that would just be filthy. messed up, messed up. But speaking of messed up, our last little topic of the evening Um. Inferring or offering any contradiction to the fact that a newly paid more money than he's ever imagined 21-year-old should not go to Las Vegas. That's messed up.
2: (laughs) So, Dre Lance, 21-year-old, as you mentioned, just just turned 21. Um, He was in Vegas
1: with his team. He just turned 21 and just got paid more money than he could ever imagine. Like at the same time. So it's like you can imagine just like the state of euphoria that he's living in right now.
2: He I don't know what his signing bonus will be, what his contract will be I think he's going to probably make somewhere around eight million when he does sign in 2021. So he'll be fine. And to make it like He's quitting on his team. He doesn't even care. Why isn't he inside studying the playbook? Well, it's June, and it was a weekend, and they don't practice on the weekend, so uh, I think it's all right. It was just funny to see the takes flying around because everybody thinks they're entitled to uh, Everybody thinks that the player that they root for should do what they say, which is bizarre because nobody acts like that in any other sense, only when it comes to fandom
1: yeah and I mentioned this to you before the pod like to me, and I'm not trying to make any big sweeping generalizations or something, but it always has a hint of racism to me when any whenever anybody tries to act like an athlete on their favorite team should only do what they want them to do. like I get it if a, if a player in the middle of a season was going out and skydiving. You'd be like, hey man, like can we pump the brakes a little bit here like you're you know this shit's this shit's dangerous, but you're talking about a twenty one year old kid who just got drafted third overall and like going to vegas with with other players on the team with and you said Travis Kelsey was there too, yeah, like you're talking about If if you're gonna get pissed at Trey Lance and act like for some reason that is is it shows a lack of dedication, then how the hell could George Kittle and Travis Kelsey, the two unquestionable best tight ends in the NFL, be there? Like they've already proven that they're dedicated to the game, that they're willing to do what it takes to become you know great. But somehow they're in Vegas. How I don't understand how they could possibly do that if they want to be good because they should be. At home, practicing. Like, anytime that any of these 49ers players want to step out their door to do anything recreational, there needs to be a group of fans that are just sitting outside saying, turn around, nope, turn around, go watch film, go exercise. You can't, nope, don't come out here. Uh, All your life can be about is football. And it's just fucking dumb. Like, anytime anybody objects to a player doing anything in their free time, like, anytime, if that ever pops up into your head, just don't do it. Like, <laughs> just a, like, just don't do it. Like these. Just spit it on yourself. Right. Just like, think about it. So you get
2: off work. You have a couple of days off after just a long week. And one of your buddies, a couple of your buddies say, Hey man, you want to go here? Uh, and it's affordable for you and you don't have any plans. You're probably going to go like, why wouldn't you go? That's all this is. It's very simple. It's, it happens every day. Uh, football players are allowed to leave the house. Football players are allowed to drink. Football players are allowed to eat whatever they want to. It is They are humans, and we need to treat them as such.
1: Right. I, I just – I don't get it, man. It's hard for me to even talk about. Again, I could understand if like – like you know because like when everybody gave – I think it was uh, Madison Bumgarner shit for crashing on a quad. Yes. Like during the middle of the season. I get that. Like the guy was in the middle of his season, and he crashed. And especially a guy in that position, you've now derailed the entire season single-handedly. I could at least understand, like, hey, man, probably not the smartest thing, but do you? But to, like, get pissed at a, at a player for going to Las Vegas with his teammates and having a good time and doing things that 21-year-olds do, like, just pump the brakes on your fandom a little bit. It's not and like we saw him, like, pounding shots either. No, they were literally just walking through an outdoor club. <laughs> Like and they were just looked like they were surveying it, sizing everybody up, letting everybody know who they were. Yeah. Uh they were the coolest people in the building everywhere they went. Like, how could you not just be happy that somebody gets to enjoy that and live that type of little atmosphere? It's not going to be with them forever. Eventually, George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, Trey Lance, they're all going to move on to live normal lives with the family and whatever they want to do. But for this moment, they should be able to enjoy all the crazy shit that's going to come their way because that's what fucking success feels like these guys put in more work than we can than i could ever hope to imagine probably
2: this week (laughs) right
1: right like dude i'm a i'm an art teacher and i coach football like i get to step on a football field but these guys do put in more work than than i ever will so i who am i to question what the hell they do in their free time like dude enjoy your life yolo you only do it once go have fun man like it is. It's just funny when people get upset at at people having fun. Yeah, I wonder if they're just
2: like laughing at all these takes. Like they're on, the only reason that they go on social media is to see how dumb some of the fans takes are when it comes to these type of things. Because it does get pretty outrageous.
1: I know. Like if I, if I were Trey Lance, I mean, I wouldn't really do this. But like, I just wish he would post a video of him, George, and Travis. Just with like five shots lined up and they just go
0: boom, boom, <laughs> boom, boom,
1: <laughs> pound the table and like just like like yell. And it's like, like do something that's just going to piss everybody off, all the old people, uh, because it's just it's not reality. Like Back in my day, we didn't
0: have cameras.
1: <laughs> I know. And that's all it was Too athletes have been doing this shit forever. Like you go watch. Um, The Last Dance with Michael Jordan, he talks about being a rookie and walking into the hotel room, and he's like, you had your cocaine over here, you had your marijuana here, you had your girls over there. And I walked in, and I'm like, I got to go, because if this place gets raided, like, people have been doing this shit forever. There just hasn't been social media to capture it on camera. The freaking cowboys of the 90s, like Michael Irvin, or those Miami teams? Come on, man. I know. Probably just not – I mean, partying probably doesn't even – begin to capture what it is no like so it, it's just just chill out people let it, it, be happy that these guys are happy Like you know relax
2: aaron Rodgers. r-e-l-a-x
1: <laughs> right so it's it's funny man it's funny it's funny but anyways anyways you got anything else you want you want you want to touch on man anything else you think we should we should hit before we before we sign out of here No, man, we covered
2: the injuries. Got Tony Jefferson, obviously, Trey Lance in Vegas quitting on his team. Uh, I'm just looking forward to – once we get – once we get going here, once we get revved up a little bit to see see how this team shakes out, see what this team looks like.
1: I know, man, that's just – Knock on whatever substance you want to knock on. Uh, just hopefully they all stay healthy. And we get a nice little uh, competitive, exciting training camp, and, and everything just kind of rolls into the season. Because I mean, I want to watch this team compete. They're hella good. It's a really good team, a really, really good roster. And I just don't want—I don't want it to be crippled by, you know, like the illegitimacy of injuries. You know what I mean? Like you start losing games be, to no fault of anybody. Right. You know, it's just, I, I really want to see this team hold it together and I want to see them win and, and, and make waves because it's what the team deserves, uh, especially after what they've been had to go through at quarterback over the last like three or four seasons. So, yeah, the I'm last excited thing I, about
2: it. The last thing I want to see is something along those lines where they end up like nine and eight or just like slightly above 500 because they were held back through the season from injuries knowing that, damn, this team could be so good. But it's another year of, hey, so-and-so was banged up for two to three weeks, had to sit out, had to play uh, backup. And, you know, the backup is not supposed to be playing 70 snaps in a game. So, yeah, that that would be something that, you know, hopefully we're, we're past that. But, again, here we are.
1: Right. Here we are. But, hey, folks, that's it for today. Uh, I appreciate everybody who is listening right now in this moment uh, you've made it to the end of the pod, and I appreciate you. Uh, without you guys, Striking Gold wouldn't be able to be on here. Uh, again, if you don't follow uh, Kyle Posey slash KP, uh, you can find him on Twitter at KP underscore show. Um, obviously still handling things in the background, but uh, just be prepared to, uh, to hear KP's voice on here on a more permanent basis. Uh, hopefully you guys are enjoying it. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter. You know where to find me. You've heard it a million times. At Rob underscore louder. Uh, Make sure you guys are subscribing to whatever you subscribe to. You're rating whatever you can rate. Leave us a positive review. All that good stuff. It all matters. And we appreciate it. But the most important thing you can do is be on here listening. And uh, feel free to drop us a line on Twitter and let us know what your thoughts are and stuff like that. But hey, you already know what it is. That's KP. I'm Rob. And for another episode of Striking Gold, we... Are signing out.